0: Father, we just thank you, we praise you, we worship you, Lord. Pray, Father, that, Lord, you would speak to our hearts. Lord, we need you, especially during this hour, oh, Father, of absolute uncertainty all around the world. But, Lord, there's only one place. It is a church of the living God, which is the pillar on the ground of truth, where there is certainty. Because we worship a God who is in our midst. A God who never changes, who's the same yesterday, today, and forever, who's already warned us aforetime that all these things have come to pass, so that Lord you as, we as your children can be prepared O oh Lord, and I pray, Lord, even as we m- Father, listen to your word and the ministry of the word happens. I pray, Lord Jesus, so that Lord, you would prepare us. For you said in your word that you're preparing for yourself a bride by the washing of the water by the word of God so that you may present to yourself a bride which is without spot or blemish or even wrinkle, O oh Father. And therefore, this morning, wash us by the water of the word and sanctify us and set us apart and prepare us so that, Lord, one day when we meet you, O oh Lord, we will be prepared and we will not be ashamed Oh Father, in your in your in your presence, O oh Lord, on that day. Therefore, to that, and I pray that even as we listen to your word, anoint us, Father. Speak to our hearts, speak to our hearts. Anoint us, even even in the speaking and even even in the listening of the word, and grant us concentration, O oh Lord. Come against every spirit of destruction in the name of Jesus. And even as all the children are here in the house, even them, to them I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would be able to speak, O oh Lord, this morning. Thank you, Father. We praise you. We worship you. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, when you look at the Beatitudes, one of the most powerful Beatitudes, it says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. It is not that when you are merciful, you obtain mercy. It's very easy to interpret it that way. It doesn't mean that. Paul says in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. It's because we receive mercy from God and we want to continuously live under the shadow of that mercy, God says, be merciful to others as well. There was a seminary in the United States where there was a preaching class. And uh, the professor said, the text for you, all is the good Samaritan. So tomorrow morning, um, all of you should be coming to this such and such a place, the lecture hall, and I want you all to um, the sermon class, I mean the class to give a sermon or a 5 minute or a 10 minute sermon, depending upon whatever the schedule was, 10 minute sermon on the good Samaritan, Luke's Gospel chapter 10, you know, remember that, that place, right? So the professor... Uh, dismissed the class and the class went back home and everybody got to their desks, started making notes, preparing for the sermon. And professor, he actually dressed himself, I believe. I mean, I don't know if this is what if this was true. He dressed himself as a, as a beggar and just on the way to the class, to the lecture hall, he just fell on the road like that. And, uh, just like that, just like that, fell on the road, acted as a destitute man. And, uh, and he, f- <laughs> All his students were running to the class to preach uh, the Good Samaritan you know, message, right? And he was right there on the road and everybody came to that place, watched him, watched him and just passed by and went to the class. One by one, one by one, everybody passed by, passed by him and they entered the class waiting for the professor, the professor isn't there? And then after a while, the professor walks into the class with a shabby look and they're all stunned and right in front of the class, he removes his disguise and he says, <laughs> none of you got the message. What are you going to preach? You see, it's a very important thing. See, we, when we listen to the today's sermon, of course, I, I titled it, found bleeding and dying on the Jericho Road. That's what I titled today's message. And I did not discuss with Priyanka about today's worship list. Okay. It was completely... Uh, <laughs> uh, out of the blue okay so found bleeding and dying on the jericho road so let's listen to what jesus has to say luke's gospel chapter 10 let's read from verse 25 onwards as and behold a certain lawyer and of course this is not a lawyer who's a lawyer in the court system he's a law He's an expert in the mosaic law okay and behold a certain lawyer Stood up and tested him, of course. He had intentions. He was not honest, obviously. He wanted to test Jesus. Wanted to see what his answer would be. Saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? There's only other person who, uh, who uh, the other person who asked this question is the rich young ruler. Comes to Jesus and says, what shall I do to uh, get eternal life? And the other person who say, asked the same question, of course, the rich young ruler, I believe, was a little honest. than this person, this guy, had guile in his heart. Notwithstanding, he asked this question. He says, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, that is Jesus said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? How do you read it? You're a lawyer, right? And that's exactly how he asked Nicodemus, you're a teacher in Israel? Don't you know these things? And he asked lawyer, okay, you're a lawyer in Israel. Do you, how do you read the law? What is your interpretation of the law? And he, this is what he says. So he answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. So he knows how to put two parts of scripture. He's a very good guy in comparing scripture with scripture. One part is from Deuteronomy, the other part is from Leviticus. And he combines both of these and he says, this is what the law says. Loving your Lord your God, you should love your Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your strength, with all of your soul and with all of your mind and your neighbor as yourself. This is the law. This is what the law reads. And he says, you have answered rightly. Do this, and you will. You now, think about it. Now, this is exactly what the law can do. The law tells you what to do, and it can never make you do it. Even the law says that you should love the Lord God, Lord your God, with all of your heart, with all of your soul. If you turn to, I mean, if you don't have to, if you go back home and you read Deuteronomy chapter twenty-nine, uh, um, um, Moses says, you know, till this day the Lord has not given you a mind to uh, eyes to see or, or ears to hear. And then he says in Deuteronomy chapter 30, the Lord your God himself will circumcise your heart and the hearts of your descendants that you should love him with all of your heart, with all of your soul, etc. The Lord has to do a work. That is exactly what the gospel does. The Lord tells you that you should love him. The gospel makes you love him. Okay, so he said to him, you have answered rightly and do this and you will live. The problem is he's not going to give up, right? He's a lawyer. But he wanting to, Ah, justify himself. Said to Jesus, can you make, give me the definition of neighbor please? Who is my neighbor? And then comes the story. Let's read it together. Follow it. Then Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves. Who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, depart, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down the road and we, when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at that, at that, at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. I mean, I remember this, this story so well because we enacted it during our Sunday school days. And I was one of the Levite, okay? And I was passing by and I stumble upon the thing and I fall and right in front of all my Sunday school friends and everybody started laughing. I thought I felt very good to be the Levite and the priest, okay. And then, but a certain Samaritan, I mean this is, this is like, you know, if you know a little bit of mathematics, induction, no. First came priest, next came Levite, next they're expecting ordinary Jew. But they're in for a big shock. Who's going to come? No Jew, the Samaritan, the hated and the despised in the community. One one pastor said it could be the senior pastor, junior pastor, and the guy in the Harley. Okay, <laughs> you, I'm totally unexpected. But of course, uh, that's I don't think that is the way you read it. Regardless, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him, bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he sat on his own animal, sat him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two dinari, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come back, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, he who showed him, he doesn't even say the Samaritan. No, 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 no. He doesn't even want to take him on his lips. The guy who showed mercy. Then Jesus said, go and do likewise. Obviously to get internal life, it's not that you are saved by works. No, it's not what he's meaning over here, obviously he's telling that guy if you want to show mercy to others you should put yourself in the place of no the guy who's on the road if you put yourself on the on the place of the guy who's on the road and when you have experienced the love of the samaritan the picture of christ here in this case because they called him a samaritan and then you will be able to extend mercy to others. Remember, Simon the Pharisee, Simon, Simon, (laughs) I came to your house, you didn't give me any water to wash my feet, but this lady, right from the time, she came, she was anointed and she kissed me. One owned 5 dinari, one owned 50 dinari. Who loved more? (laughs) The one who was forgiven more, loves more. And you know what he told Simon? Simon, you don't think that you have been forgiven much. You think that you're a better person than her. Unless and until we see ourselves in the guy who was found where? On the road to Jericho, bleeding and dying. We will never be able to show mercy to others. Blessed are the merciful. For they shall obtain mercy is the people who have experienced such a tremendous amount of mercy in their lives. And when they look at other people's life, all that they have for them is compassion. Not compassion which is emotional. Compassion which is of course based upon truth. This this morning we will understand what this coming going down from Jerusalem to Jericho means. Jerusalem to Jericho. What does it mean? You know, the word Jerusalem, anybody knows what the word Jerusalem means? Shalom means peace. Jerusalem means city of peace is what your answer is. It comes from two Hebrew words, shalem, Shalom, of course, which peace and Yarah, Jerusalem, of course Yarah, which means teaching. <laughs> okay, it's very, you see, Bible always surprises you. Okay, Yarah means teaching, Jerusalem means teaching of peace. So Jerusalem is a place where you are taught to have peace with God and to experience the peace of God and to be at peace with your neighbor as much as is possible in you. That's what, you know, Paul enjoins in one of his letters. He says, as much as is possible in you, live with peace with all men. So Jerusalem is a place where you are taught how to live in one piece. Okay. Okay. What does Jericho mean? <laughs> That's interesting. It's Jericho means the city of the moon. <laughs> city of the moon, meaning city which is influenced by the moon. Okay. Lunar, from which we get the word lunatic. You know that? Lunatic means kharab. Okay. That is the reason why Ravi Zacharias in one of his sermons says the moon is the god of all the lunatics. <laughs> you see, the sun will not smite you by day. No, not the moon by night. How many of you experienced a moonstroke? Anybody? When you actually look at the moon, wow, it's so beautiful. After I started reading the Bible and understood the powers of darkness, now I don't get so excited with the moon. It's on the moon, lots of things happen all around the world. In the occult especially. Jerusalem, of course, Jerusalem is a teaching of peace. Jericho means city under the influence of the moon, a city of the moon. And what are you and I called in the new covenant... It says in Hebrews chapter 12, look at this, this is powerful, okay? Hebrews chapter 12, look at what it says in Hebrews chapter 12. For you have not come, verse 18 onwards, for you have not come, you have not come. What is it? You have not come is the present tense, okay? You have not come to the mountain that may be touched and that burned with fire and to the blackness and darkness and the tempest. This is talk, talking about the old covenant when the law was given on Mount Sinai, it was full darkness and when they looked at it, they started shaking and even Moses started shaking. The lawgiver himself started shaking. If Moses starts shaking, what is the, what is going to be the case with the ordinary people? And then what happens? He says, you have not come there, but look at what the contrast, of course. The contrast is, but you have come to what? Mount Zion, to the city of the living God. You have come. That means all of us spiritually have come to Mount Zion, to the city of who? The living God. That means God is dwelling in our midst. The heavenly Jerusalem, Okay. Jerusalem means teaching of peace to an innumerable company of angels. Now remember this, okay. The angels means, yes, we also believe in angelic ministry and angelic protection, etc. But angels, the actual message, meaning of the uh, word angel means what? Messenger, the one who brings messages. That is the reason why it says to the angel of the church at Sardis, to the angel of the church in Ephesus, to the angel of the church, all these angels. Who are these angels? It's essentially the pastor or the leader of the church. Okay, to the innumerable company of angels means, if you remember the story of of uh, Jacob at Bethel, right? What does he see? He sees a ladder, ladder to the heavens. God is on the other side. And what does he see? He sees angels of God ascending and descending. What are angels doing? Angels are messengers who will slowly take you step by step from one spiritual level to the other so that one day you can reach God. Teaching. A place of teaching to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn. Now look at this uh, registered in heaven. Of course, what is firstborn? Firstborn means it's a it's a it's a title. What is firstborn means we it says we are heirs and joint heirs with Christ. If we suffer with Him, and therefore we'll be also glorified together. It is a position of the firstborn. It is a guy who gets the inheritance, like Jacob. He was given the titular position of the firstborn. Reuben was supposed to be the firstborn, but because he messed up, who got the firstborn's position? Joseph got the firstborn position. So it's a position of, it's a titular position where you experience the inheritance of God. Okay, then, firstborn who are registered in heaven to the judge, to God, the judge of all. In other words, you see, this is a city of the living God, and there's also a God who is judging and constantly teaching us to judge ourselves because he's preparing us to be, one day prepared to meet him face to face. And then it says, To the spirits of the righteous men made perfect. You see, the entire book of Hebrews is about what we call as perfection. Press on towards perfection. You have been clothed with the righteousness of Jesus. Now press on towards maturity and perfection. So the city of the living God, Jerusalem, is a place where the spirits are being made complete or mature. Then... <coughs> To the to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, to the blood of the sprinkling that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Blood of Abel speaks for what? Vengeance. What does the blood of Jesus do? Pleads on our behalf. One of those favorite songs that we all sing. No, your blood speaks a better word than all the empty claims made upon the earth. Speaks righteousness for me. Stands in my defense. Jesus, it's your blood, and He took His own blood in the most holy place, in the heavens. And he, once and for all, he has made a salvation. Uh, he bought salvation for us once and for all. And he is perfecting us to experience that wholeness in our lives through teaching. That is Jerusalem. But what is Jericho, on the other hand? Joshua chapter 6, verse 26. Joshua charged them at the time, saying, Curse be the man before the Lord. Who rises up and builds the city of Jericho. He shall lay its foundation with his firstborn. And with his youngest, he shall set up its gates. And exactly this prophecy is fulfilled in First Kings chapter 16. You don't have to turn there. There is one guy called cheniel in Bethel. He is building this city of Jerusalem. I'm oh, sorry, city of Jericho. And his firstborn dies when he lays the foundation. His lastborn dies when he, when he fixes the gates comes to pass. That means do not go back to the place where God has already cursed. Everything in this world is what? Cursed. All that is in the world. Now think about it. Everybody goes to your office. Love not the world, nor the things which are in the world. For if any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Why? Because all that is in the world and what is in the world, the lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Everything. That is the world. All. Everything in the world is contaminated by these three things. It's just, it's just bent towards destruction. It's just been devoted for destruction. That's what one of some of the translations says. Devoted for destruction. So don't touch anything of this world. That's exactly what happened even to Achan. He touched of what we call as the accursed thing. A Babylonian garment. Think of this guy. Who came through the wilderness, who never participated in the sins of his forefathers, in the wilderness, crossed the Jordan, experienced the victory in Jericho, and finally, Rahab is saved. This fellow is dead. Why? Because he touched something which is accursed. And what happened to this guy? So this guy is going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. What has happened? He left the place where you have this teaching and this covering and on the way he's going. What do, what do you expect? Certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, departed, leaving him half dead. You know what, what they do? Four things they do. They stripped his clothes. What does that mean? It doesn't say they robbed him. They stripped his clothes. Second, it says, they wounded him. We'll come to that wound later on. Third, it says, they abandoned him. Fourth, it says, left him half dead. This is a very interesting uh, verse in Song of Songs, chapter 5, verse 7. Look at what it says. And we will come back to the slide later. Look at what it says. The watchman who went about the city found me. This is, this is the lady you know, who is who's inside and uh, Jesus comes, knocks at the door and she doesn't wake up and Jesus has disappeared and now she opens the door. Jesus is not there. So she runs into the streets. The watchmen who went about the city found me. They struck me. They wounded me. The keepers of the walls took my veil away from me. Stripped off completely. Stripped his clothes. Wounded him. Left him half dead. What is half dead? Neither completely Alive, nor completely dead. Keep that in your mind. Abandoned him. No help whatsoever. Wounded him. We'll come back to wounding. Stripped his clothes. Spiritually speaking, stripped him of the robes of righteousness that he had. When he was in Jerusalem. Completely gone. The defenses have have been gone. And he's been exposed to the elements. See, robe is very important. What does the robe signify? Robe of righteousness signifies the presence of God in your life. That God is on your side. If God be for us, who can be against us? The robe signifies the presence of God. You can be stripped. For example, this is what happened to Joseph, right? Joseph was stripped by his brothers. Potiphar's wife. But the Lord was with him. His brothers stripped his robe. Potiphar's wife stripped away his garments. But one thing that Joseph always enjoyed is, you know what? God was with him. Paul and Silas were also stripped. But God was with them, even in the prison, stripped. But God was with them. And that is the reason why Paul says, can anything separate us from the love of Christ? Can tribulation, can anguish, can famine, can pestilence, can sword? Or, And he says, for all day long, we have been slaughtered, commit, commit, like we have been committed, counted as sheep to be slaughtered, but you know what? I believe that nothing in all creation can separate me from the love of Christ. God is for me, nobody can be against me. He has that confidence, even though he's been physically been stripped. The defenses, ultimately, a believer enjoys is the presence of God in your life. Let me, let me, you know, this is a very important question we need to ask ourselves. Lord, I am going to this place can you come with me? Right? Can you come with me? Now of course, movie theaters we don't want to go, but deep down inside our heart, these are only really external restrictions. If the heart is wanting movie theater, what can we do? Now one of, my, one of the things that my wife says all the time when, you, when I drive on the streets, she says, don't look at the cinema halls please. No, no, no. I, I know where you have come from, please all these things out. Okay. Think about that. Because can God go with you to a movie theater? Whatever you eat, if it is prayed, I mean, if you pray over it, it is sanctified. No? I mean, I I keep telling young people when you go to the movie theater, Lord, in the name of Jesus, sanctify this movie and grant me emotional strength even as I take part of it and suddenly when Ganesha will come there. You know, when you go to, (laughs) kada, sister? Lot of experience she has. (laughs) You see, you see, suddenly when Ganesha will come or some some other uh, idol will come, they have offered not the movie to their, to our God, to their God. That is the reason why it says, Paul says, whatever has been offered to idols have been offered to our demons. And how can you take part of the table of demons and the table of God at the same time? You see, Everything in this world is contaminated, Baba. Sanctify this movie. You cannot say. The movie is not sanctified, for sure. It is getting worse. As the days go by. You need to understand this. Look, let me, let me look at, look at another church, which thought it was covered, but when God looks at this, you know, Joseph thought he was uncovered, but God says, I'm with you, you're covered. Paul and Silas, everybody looks at them and say, See, look at this fellow stripped. You know what they said? God has covered us. We don't have to fear. We are not ashamed. But look at the other, on the other hand, Revelation chapter 3. The, to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, these things says the amen, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of the creation. I know your works, that you are what? You know, that's exactly what the guy was what? He was half dead, neither alive completely, not dead completely. It's exactly what he's saying in the Laodicean church. You are not on fire for me, not nor are you completely cold. You are in the middle, lukewarm. I could wish that you were either cold or hot. But because you are lukewarm, what do I want to do? I want to spew you out of my mouth. And look at what he says. Because you say, I am rich, I am wealthy, I have need of nothing, covered completely, Papa. And you do not know that you are what? Wretched, miserable, poor, blind and uncovered. Stripped of your clothing. He says, I counsel you to take what? Go, buy of me gold, refined and fire, that you may be made rich, and white garments, that you may be clothed, that the shame of your naked, nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eyesalve, that you may see. See, this is exactly what has happened. They think that they're covered, but they're absolutely uncovered in the spiritual realm. Absolutely, the defenses are gone. And you know, Jesus is not even there inside. He's outside the church, knocking at the door. If any man knocks, I am knocked, behold, I stand at the door and knock, I mean, we think, most of the time we think it is for people who are unbelievers. Behold, I'm standing at the door and knocking. No, no. He's standing at the door of the church and knocking. 2 Timothy chapter 3, look at what it says, the spirit of the age. But know this, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 onwards. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times, some translations use the word, Times of incredible stress. Some translations use the word fierce times. You know what? Fierce times, this, ex, this exact word is used in Matthew chapter 8, where at Gadarenes, there were two demon-possessed guys. They were fierce. They were full of demon possession. Fierce. The only other places this word is used. Perilous times, fierce times, full of stress. Is, is, is that not what we, are look, what we are looking at? Full of stress on the financial system. Full of stress on the political system. Full of stress in the banking system. Full of stress in the health system. Full of stress in the, in the insurance system. Think about it, no? If there is a coronavirus and everybody is applying for insurance. Next year, the insurance companies will put one other clause. Coronavirus not covered. Corona, <laughs> coronavirus not covered. Can you imagine the amount of stress on the whole system? Full of stress. Yesterday pastor was talking about perilous times. Even to the pastor's conference. Incredible amount of stressful times all around the world. You see coronavirus, we see absolute quarantining of entire nations. Unprecedented in the history of modern modern times. I don't even know in post-World War II anything of this magnitude has happened. This kind of a pandemic all around the world. The only continent which has been left alone is the continent of Africa. The equatorial regions. See that every nation has been touched. Times of absolute stress, and if you're working in the in the software company, you know that is your story. in the stress, BP, But you know what? When he's actually Paul is talking about perilous times, he is not going to. You know what he says? He says, he says he's not going to talk about pestilence. He's not going to talk about the financial mess that the world will go through. He's not going to talk about famine. He's not going to talk about any other thing. But he will go beyond all the symptoms and he will look at the reasons why these are happening. And you know what he says? Look at what he says in the next verse. For men. Ah, that is perilous times. They will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money. Posters. Proud. Blasphemers. Disobedient to parents. If you are, I mean, as if it's a big thing. Who are obedient to parents and you should be shocked these days. Disobedient to parents, it's a pandemic. If you are obedient to your parents, okay. Disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutes, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure, rather than the lovers of God. What do they have? A form of godliness. They think that they're covered, but you know what? Absolutely naked in the spiritual realm. They have. Absolutely no power to overcome sin in their lives. Why? Why? You know, one of the questions I used to ask during the Romans Bible study, how do people die? We know. Okay. Some people say accidents, sickness, corona. Sorry. So many other things. Old age. So many, so many ways people die. But that is not the reason why people die why people die because of sin that is the reason why in luke's gospel chapter 13 do you think those people on whom the tower fell were worse sinners no 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 unless and until you likewise repent i mean whether you rep- unless and until you repent you will also perish likewise do you think the sacrifice whom i mean those people who were martyred by by Pilate, do you think there were worse sinners? No, 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 no. Unless you likewise repent. And he says, and some some people come and ask him, uh, is it very difficult to, uh, is there very few people who will uh, um, enter into life? He says, strive to enter through the narrow way. For many will try to go through it, but only a few will be able to. They have a form of godliness, but don't, they do not know. You know why? Because they have left teaching of peace. And they are going down and God in his mercy has allowed these thieves to come. So that you will not end up in Jericho. So look at it. It doesn't ha- It didn't happen in Jericho. It happened on the way to Jericho. And it is going what? Down. You see that? In every translation. Digi is, poyanu is what it is it's what in, uh, is written in Telugu. Yerushalem nunchi, ki digi. It's digachari That means, you know, gravity is always acting on all of us. Okay. You don't, you know, somebody, somebody said, no, I can prove the existence that, I mean, I can prove that gravity does not exist. And he tried to jump off to the building. What will happen? You will prove the existence of gravity. Nothing can happen. See, in other words, there is a law deep down inside of the heart. It's called the law of sin and death. What is it called? A law of sin and death. The only way you can overcome the law of sin and death is by living under the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, which has set you free. Every law, for example, if aeroplanes have to fly, they have to overcome the law of gravity by another law called the Bernoulli's law. And if the Bernoulli's law fails in the midair, go on. Until you reach your destination, the (laughs) Bernoulli's law has to work. That law. So covering is gone. And that's exactly what happens. You know, it's very easy to fall. It's very easy to fall. It is very difficult to come back. It is very easy to lose trust. Very difficult to make it. It is very easy to lose reputation, but very, very difficult to gain one. God's way. It is very easy to do the things the wrong way and get success, but very difficult to do the way God wants you to do and get success. Jacob goes to Esau, sorry, Isaac for the blessing.
1: How come you got it so quickly?
0: I thought you'll get it. Come, you'll come come in the evening and you'll cook the food for me. By afternoon? Lunch is ready? How come you got it so quickly? The Lord gave me success. Ya A form of godliness. Covering is gone. People don't realize it. God in his mercy has allowed those those things to happen in our lives. See, covering is gone. Then, verse 31. Now by chance, a certain priest came down the road. And when he saw him, He passed by on the other side because the law says don't touch a corpse. So we don't know whether this fellow is dead or not. I don't want to become unclean. Again, all these things. I I don't know, whatever was going on in his mind. He wouldn't even come close to him. He would declare him, this is the reason why you died. Stay there. That's exactly what the law does. You are a sinner. Okay, I know I'm a sinner. Can you help me? Sorry, no. No. Law can do nothing. Law will say you should love. I, I don't know how to love. Can you help me? I don't know. No, no. I, he doesn't say I don't know. I will not help you. You see, like in Romans chapter 7, you don't have to, you know, Paul says, law is like a husband. Very, very good husband. Perfect husband. And if you are married to the law, you'll be feeling miserable. But this fellow is so good, and he says and the husband will say please can you help me to please you? No. The only way you can come out of this relationship is one of one of them has to die. Can we kill the law? No. Heaven and earth passes away. Not even a yacht or a tittle from my law should pass away. Therefore if I have to get out of the law what should happen? Who should die? I should die. That is the reason why it says, Romans chapter 7, verse 1, it says, as The law has influence on a man as long as he is living. Once he is buried and dead with Jesus and is resurrected with Jesus, so the law has no other power over his, over his life anymore. You see, this guy is, the Levite and the priest signify the law. And a Levite means a guy who also has the umim and the thurim above. With his Yumiman Turim is not able to help. He's only able to give you revelation. Abba! What a revelation! But can you help me to keep this revelation? No, sorry. So, what's the whole point in giving revelation if you can't help me to keep, keep, keep the revelation and help me obey? Romans chapter 7, look at what it says. So then, if while her husband lives, she marries another man, she will be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is freed. But you know the husband cannot die. Problem is that. So that she is no longer does though she be married to another. Therefore my brethren you have also become dead to the law through the body of Christ that you may be married to another to him who was raised from the dead that you should be bear fruit unto God. Now what happens this man Jesus now he says is a fantastic husband but be, um, this husband is not like the law. You know what he does? He washes us. He sanctifies us by the washing of water, by the word of God. And so you know what? He wants a bride without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish. He wants a perfect bride. He's not going to stand for any other bride. He's not lowering down the standards. You know what he does? He helps us. He empowers us. That's what he said. He told his disciples, I'm going away. I know your hearts will be very sad. But don't worry. I'm coming back again. How am I going to come back again? I'm going to send you my spirit. He's going to be with you and he's going to be in you, see that to him raised from the dead. Look at what the Lord does. Doesn't look at the man. I mean, declares him dead or half dead. Your sinner, nothing can be done. But look at the Samaritan. What he does? He does several things. And let us look at each of those things today. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, first he sees us. Second, he had compassion. Priest and Levite, no compassion. Law has no compassion, by the way. He tells you to have compassion, but it has no compassion. And it will be upset with you if you have no compassion. Okay? That's the irony. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor. Otherwise, I'll be, I'll be angry with you. That's what the law, the law says. Then he says, he went to him. Then he says, he bandaged his wounds pouring the oil and the wine. Then, he set him on his own animal. I love that. Brought him to an inn. Took care of him. First, you know what? He, you know what? I don't know. There is a God who sees everyone's heart. Everyone's. No matter what situation you are going through. Inexplicable. I can't even explain myself to so many people, you might say. Nobody understands my problem. How many of you go through that? I can't explain it to even my closest friends. Lord, I don't even know if I tell it to you, you will understand me. You know what the Lord will say? What you say is only 0.1% of the whole problem. I know the complete thing. Because you only see in part. I see it full. He is the Lord who sees. I love this. You know, this is something which you need to understand. God is a God who sees. Look at what it says in Genesis chapter 16. So Abraham and Sarai, said to Sarai. So Abraham said to Sarai, Indeed your maid is in your hand. Do to her as you please. When Sarai dealt harshly with her, she fled from her presence and the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, by the spring of the way of Shur. And look at what it says. And he said, Hagar, Ah, Sarai is maid. That's interesting, no? Running away from, let's say, I don't care about this employee anymore, employer anymore. I want to go to another employer. Hate Amazon, I want to go to Google. And you fought with your employer, your manager in Google or Amazon, I don't know which our company is worse than the other, I don't know. <laughs> if you put two employees, the Amazon and the Google, one will fight, both will fight. My, my boss is worse, your boss. There will be a fight on whose boss is worse. But you look. look at what it says. Sarai. also oh, Hagar, Sarai is made. Where are you coming from? Where are you going? Pastor preached on this several years back. I don't want to mention that. And then he says, the angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit yourself under her hand. You know what, what Hagar would say? Lord, do you see the kind of trouble I'm going through in this place? I never asked to be married to this man. I didn't have any right over my life. I am in this situation not because I desire to be absolutely clear of one thing that I am not responsible for this position that I am in. She might argue. You know what it says? Then the angel of the Lord said to her, I will multiply you. Your descendants exceedingly, so that they shall not be counted for multitude. And look at what it says: Then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are the Lord who sees. For she said, "Have I also here seen him who sees me?" Therefore, the well she called was well was called Beer Roy Observe, it is between Kadesh and Bered. The Lord is the Lord who sees. I don't know if whatever problem that you're going through today intense problem in your comp- because of your company i don't know and you worked so hard and you're expecting something to come out of it but nobody sees nobody sees me nobody sees nobody helps me nobody sees how much i i know some of you your language nobody sees the struggle that i'm going through nobody knows what i'm going through nobody knows What kind of situation that I've gone in my life, nobody, 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 nobody sees. But You know what God says? I see. I see. I'll show you some verses. In the Lord I put my trust. How can you say to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain? For look, the wicked bend their bow and they make ready their arrow on the string that they may shoot secretly at the upright in the heart. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple; the Lord's throne is heaven. His eyes behold; his eyelids test the sons of men. The Lord tests the righteous, but the wicked and the one who loves violence, his soul hates. Fifteen three, Proverbs. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere, beholding the evil and the good. Second Chronicles chapter sixteen verse nine. For the eyes of the Lord move. To and fro throughout the earth that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. Hebrews chapter 14 verse 13, nothing, sorry, Hebrews chapter 14, uh, 4, 4 verse 13, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight everything is uncovered and exposed before the eyes of him to whom you must give an accord. Proverbs chapter 5 verse 21. For a man's ways are before the eyes of the Lord and the Lord watches all his paths. It's a scary verse and it's a comforting verse. Scary because the Lord sees everything. Comforting because if you say, Lord, nobody sees much trouble. He says, you know what? I see it. I see it. Nobody understand. I understand. I understand better you better than you understand yourself. One of the most beautiful places in the Bible, I love the most is found in Luke's gospel chapter 5. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst of Jesus. You know what they did? They broke up and they brought him down. When he saw their faith, he said to the man, you are You know, he, You know what? He looked, he's looking at the man. He says, man, your desire is not for you to get up. There is something deep down inside of your heart. And I see it. You want forgiveness for your sin. I see it. The Lord sees. The Lord sees. The Lord sees everything. He knows exactly what you need and whatever, what kind of a situation that you are in. He sees. Therefore, he saw him. Isn't it amazing? When he saw him, what did he do? Second, he had compassion you know something which i which i love about uh, the christian faith he doesn't come with a danda first no he comes with a mop cloth and cleans us he has compassion on us look at what it says in matthew chapter 9 verse 36 but when he saw the multitudes he was moved with compassion because they fainted scattered abroad sheep having no shepherd. You know, they say that sheep, they look very dumb, but they are s- supposed to be very intelligent. They're very intelligent. They know a lot of things. Their senses work very, very well. But the only thing that they have a problem is, problem with is fear. Whenever they have the sense of fear, they lose all their sense of wisdom. All their intuition goes out of the window very intuitive very wise very brilliant because when you say sheep means dumb that's what you think but you know it doesn't mean that they are dumb they are very intuitive very wise very intelligent because it says my here my sheep here my voice and As strangers, they will not hear. I mean, think about it. No, They are able to discern between different, different voices. The only thing that that weakness point, the weak point is fear. When fear comes, they lose all sense of intuition. Everything has gone out of the window. That's exactly, you know, I remember uh, Pastor giving this example, no? Uh, How does a lion break a fence? It comes, it intimidates and when fear comes, all reason goes, the cattle inside will break open the The fence and happy, happily, uh, the lion will take its meal and go home. You see, so the problem with sheep is, the only problem with sheep is, when they fear, they lose what? Sense of all wisdom and intuition. But the problem with sheep is they are afraid of everything. They are afraid of everything. That is exactly the reason why we are compared to sheep. We are afraid of everything. When we grow up, we are afraid of failure. When we succeed, we are afraid of keeping the success. When we grow up, we are afraid of whether we will be attracted, attractable or attracting others or not. We are afraid whether we will be successful or not. Whether we will be able to feed our family or not. Fear, 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 fear. Fear is the one thing that grips the world and there is ultimate fear. What is the fear? It is the fear of death. And because we have this fear inside of our heart, all sense of intuition is out of the window. Very easy for the, for the enemy to come and that is the reason why do not fear, do not fear, do not fear, do not fear. How many times?
1: 365
0: times. Because God knows our hearts. And he knows, and he doesn't say, why do you fear? He comes to us and he says, he has compassion on us. Matthew chapter 14, verse 14. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them. And he healed the sick. Luke's gospel chapter 15, verse 20. And he arose and came to his father, who is this person, the prodigal son. But when he was yet a great far, great far great way, way off, his father saw him, had compassion, ran, fell on his neck, kissed him. Then, 145 verse 9, the Lord is good to all, he has compassion on all that he has made. Mark 1 verse 41, I love this. And there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him and saying, unto him, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him and saith unto him, I will be thou. clean. He had compassion. And the reason why it says his compassions do not fail. It is the mercy of God that does not fail. It says the kindness of God leads us to what? Repentance. So he has what? He sees us. He has compassion on us. And third thing, he comes to us. He's not a God who is far away. He comes to us. You know, every other creation, the Lord created the world in how many days? Six days. Okay. Seventh day, no no creation. Rest day. Okay. For all of us also. Six days we work. Seventh day, we all hopefully rest. Okay. So, on the sixth day, all the things he made, no? He spoke, 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 spoke. Everything was made. All the animals included on the sixth day. But then at the final part of the sixth day, you know what he did? Came down. Sat there in his creation and then he got his hands dirty. He touched. He touched what? The clay. Right? And he formed a man with his hand. Beautiful. Look at this picture. He formed it. He says, let us make man in our own image. What is man called in Hebrew? Adam. Dumb means blood. Okay, in Hebrew. Adam, Dham means the man who's created with blood, life in the image of God. And how did he make man? He made man from the dust of the earth. You know the word for dust in Hebrew? Adame. Adam, made by God, using the dust he touched, he had, he made his hands dirty. touched. only creation. Part of creation, which God was totally involved, body, mind, soul, and spirit, of course, with his hands. He comes and he forms. And even in his redemptive work, he doesn't stand there. You know what he does? He does not just come to us. He comes to us in the form of what? In the form of the same dust he created. John's gospel, chapter one. He was in the world. The world was made through him and the world did not know him he came to his own you see he is a god who comes he's not a, a god who's far he's a god who's near and the word became flesh and dwelt among us that means tabernacled among us dwelt among us he came and he has made his dwelling with us hebrews chapter 2 verse 10 this is what it says sorry for it was fitting for him for whom all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings so what it is for it was fitting for him for him to become like him in other words he became like one of them in all those things so we have three things looked at three things first is a god who sees then third second is a god who had compassion third is a god who comes to us and fourth is possibly the most Incredible! I think this is the central message. If you haven't taken anything away from this uh, today's sermon, take this part out. He bound off his wounds. He bound his wounds. Wounds. The whole world is full of wounded people. But if you look at the Bible, Bible is the only word which addresses this. I mean, by book which addresses this in a in incredibly deep level. The word wound in the Greek, if anybody can guess, any guess? Okay. Trauma. Okay. It's so the only time it is used in the New Testament. Trauma. In this passage. What, if, what does it actually mean to be split? To be divided. To be broken into several pieces. Split. Something has happened to you in your life. And you are not able to. You have been traumatized. I mean sometimes sometimes children go through this. When they are in childhood. Tremendous amount of abuse. Traumatized. You know I was looking at this. You know I was just googling this word trauma. And I found a very interesting statistic. Okay. I just want to share. This is nothing great. Just a google thing. The word trauma, how it has been used from the year 1800 onwards till current. Okay, the word trauma in the normal English literature. Between 1800 to 1880, the word is not used because nobody actually knew what trauma was. Except the Bible of course. From 1900 onwards, that is the, the beginning of the industrial revolution, okay the 18th, 19th century onwards to the 21st century, look at the dramatic rise in the increase of the word what? Trauma. That means what? More and more people are traumatized. More and more people are split. You wouldn't believe this, okay? Go to Google, when you go back home, type Jenny Haynes. What? Jenny Haynes, DID, Dissociative Identity Disorder, BBC. Okay, just type these three. It's there recorded, so you don't have to worry about it, okay? Who is this Jenny Haynes? She was traumatized from her childhood. And because of the intense trauma that she experienced by her father especially, when she was growing up, she was split into 2,500 personalities inside. 2,500 personalities. And then, she has come up with a story. She said, you know what? My father abused me. Who are the witnesses, Baba? You know who the witnesses were? You go to court. She brought this injunction against her father saying, this is what my father did when I was growing up. In the court, you know who, who the witness was? It was a few of the own, her own personalities within her own body. They came and testified about the abuse that she went through when she was a child. And you know what the court did? They accepted the testimony of the split personality. And that prosecuted the father and sent him to jail. 2,500 personalities in one body. You should look at her video interview on 60 Minutes. 60 Minutes is one of the very famous uh, interview channels. 60 Minutes. The interview is there. The interview is talking to this lady and suddenly, whom am I talking to? You're talking to some person and she... she, Our face changes. It concocts into a different personality. You'll be stunned. right? Happening right in front of our eyes. No wonder the word trauma has increased. Traumatized generation. We are one of the most traumatized generation. Have you seen we are distracted so easily? We can never concentrate for a long time over one, one particular thing. It's impossible. You know why we are split into different places? Why? Because we have, and why do we do it? It's an automatic defense mechanism inside of us because we want to, we don't want to identify ourselves with a person who has been abused. So what we do is we identify with a split personality and create an alternate world and we get some kind of a sense of comfort. And so many people, even when they go to war, right? All these Marines and soldiers, when they go to war, they go through intense trauma because they see death in close quarters incredible trauma. It's very difficult for them to survive as normal human beings. Traumatized. You know what God says? You're all traumatized actually by sin. You know it's a very famous Hindi song. Shisha ho ya dil ho? Complete the sentence. Akhir toot jata hai. Dil toot gaya. (laughs) Shisha <laughs> You know the very famous poem in our old poet called Vemana. You know what he said, Alex, I will say the poem and I will tell you the translation with subtitles later on. He says, Inumu viraganen irumaru mummaru. Inumu means iron. Viragadam means to be broken. If iron breaks any number of times, Meaning you can melt it and put it together. That means if your heart breaks, nobody can put it together. That's exactly what we say. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men could not put Humpty together again. The Telugu equivalent is, I taught my children they don't know what Manasu Viragan You see, you need to understand all these poets of those days, they didn't have Christ. Their hearts were also broken. So they created this alternate world called Sanyasi and they wrote philosophy. Traumatized! Look at how Isaiah explains the condition of his people who were traumatized. Isaiah chapter 1. Look at what he says. As alas, sinful nation. A people laden, meaning burden laden, means full of burden Lead is heavy, laden comes from the word, okay. Lead. Laden with iniquity. A brood of evildoers, or uh, a generation of evildoers. Children who are, they're not corrupted. Ah, uh, they're corruptors. That's a problem. Oh, we talk about corruption, corruption, corruption. <laughs> we, 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 what do you, elect the people who are corrupted because we ourselves are what? corrupters, A brood of evil to us, children who are corruptors, they, look at this, they have forsaken the Lord. That is the reason why all this happened. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel to anger. They have turned away backward. Why should you be stricken again? You have, you will revolt more and more. Look at this. Your whole head is sick. The whole heart faints from the sole of the foot to even to the head. There is no soundness in it. Wounds, bruises, putrefying sores. They have not been closed or bound up or so through it. I'm telling you honestly, you know one of the reasons why Jesus has come back come is just not to bring us forgiveness for sin. He wants us to, to make us what
1: whole one,
0: one. Because we are split people, having alternate personalities, we all are in different different ways. In your free time, what do you, don't you imagine? I wish I was like this and you live that life for a few minutes. Why are movies so popular? Because you live vicariously through the hero. I was listening to one of the interviews of this uh, famous actress. I will, I will not mention the name. I'm just listening to interviews because I like to listen to people's interviews, okay? There, there, this shows us a lot of things of this, what people are going through in this current generation. You know what she said? I want to live so many lives. That is the reason why I chose this path, this career called acting. Because I can't experience everything. But when I choose this path of acting, I can live like a, I can live, I mean, I can I can behave as if I was was a maid, I was a prince or a princess. They want to live multiple characters. And it's exactly what has happened to many of us. You know what we do? We create alternate realities and we live in them because we cannot handle the trauma that we have gone through. Traumatized rejected it happens even as, you see in our indian culture you know what it happens in families abuse happens within families because we are very dif- we are we, we may on the outside we try to be good but because we are a shame based culture right happens within families abuse all over and people live in alternate realities Wounded, traumatized. They're not able to come to grips with it because it is too painful for them to handle it. It's very painful. Look at this. John's Gospel chapter 5. And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity. How many years? 38 years rejected by everybody. You think it is, e- is, it, is, it, it is de- easy for people? You know, one of the worst kinds of treatments that a prisoner can get is not hang, death by hanging to be Sent to what? Isolation war. And people go mad. That's what they wanted to do with Richard Woombrand and all. You know what? They put them in isolation ward for years and years and years. And they would keep keep on saying There is no God, 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 there's no God. They would torture them mentally to break them. Finally, they would confess, Yes, there is no God. But thank God for all these people who have come through. You know why? Because they had God, they had Christ. 38 years, rejected for 38 years. I don't know how many of you here in this place been rejected, who have been called good for nothing. Good for nothing. Or who have been called very, very intelligent, but you were not able to live up to the expectations of the, of, of the, of the, of the parents or the elders that, you know, who called you so many things. And you know what happened? Because you, and then you'll, therefore you have to live in this alternate world because you're traumatized. You're wounded and so many wounded people all around the world. The world is full of wounded people. And that is the reason why they respond the way they respond. You know why? Because you touch their wound. Why do people react? Because you touch their wound. Think about it, no? When people go on a, on a main road and somebody crosses their path, the kind of words they say to each
1: other. It's unbelievable. Why?
0: Why? I mean, (laughs) the person is not there today. You know, one person from our own organization got into an altercation with a guy just because he just crossed his path. He lost his temper. Beat each other up. There was no previous animosity at all. But they are simply angry. You know why? Because they have been traumatized deep down inside and somebody has touched that part and they react. And they respond. That's a response. That's an instantaneous response that they go through. You know why? Because deep down inside of their heart they have been traumatized. I don't know what kind of a trauma that they have been going through. Especially happens with girls. And that is the reason why I tell parents with girl children, boss, protect them. Don't send... Them to, you know, stay overs. Let them stay in your home. No stay overs. Unless and until you have a very good relationship with the family whom you are sending your children to. Because you do not know what happens. You do not know. 38 years. Can you imagine 38 years rejected? Rejected 38 years. And then you know what he says, when Jesus saw him lie, lying down that he had been there for such a long time in that case, he says to him and says, do you want to be wed? You know what he's asking? I know your trauma. You've been rejected for 38 years. Do you like this place or do you want to be made whole? And you know what he said? No, 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 no excuses. No, this person did that, that. You know, still doesn't want to take responsibility for his actions simply because it is too traumatizing for him to take responsibility for his action. You see? Very difficult to accept the fact that we messed up because it makes us feel even more bad. So we create this alternate worlds and we live in that. And I'm sure all of us have gone through in some level or the other. Because there is no perfect human being. That is the reason why he says, cleanse your hand, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded, dip psychos. Dip psychos means split personality. It's called spiritual schizophrenia. Two alternate realities. Because he's not able to handle one, it is too painful. How many years? 38 years. Not easy, no? 38 years isolation what? Isolated, rejected, called good for nothing. Because see, the disease itself is not, uh, the problem. The pain and the rejection that you go through because of the disease is even, is, is like, it's like, you know, um, uh, leprosy those days was like HIV these days. It's not easy for people to handle it. It's too traumatic. And you know what God is saying? I know what has happened to you because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And when you're going down that, that path, you know what has happened? Thieves have come. The enemy comes to steal and kill and de- destroy. It has traumatized you. And i am come here to bind up your wounds. You know, for that, you know what I do? I see your problem. I have compassion on you. I come to you and I say, you know what? I want to bind up your broken heart. I want to bind up your broken heart. Luke 17 and fell down on his face at his feet giving thanks giving him thanks he was a Samaritan who was this guy oh, one of the lepers see if you are a Jew and you are a leper and a Samaritan and you are a leper who is more traumatized Samaritan a leper Samaritan himself is ostracized between the Samaritan lepers and the jewel and the jewel lepers, there is again what we call as uh, uh, racist attitude. See, I'm a Jew, I'm a leper. What are you? You're a Samaritan leper, you fellow. You don't come with us and eat with us. You're worse than us. But both are what? Lepers. Where are you? Outside. Are you within the city? No. What should you say? Unclean, unclean, unclean. Don't touch me. Can you imagine the trauma? Please don't touch me, brother, I'm unclean. You have to declare to others that you're unclean. If you've seen the movie Ben-Hur, I mean, it's poignant that scene. How that's really, really traumatic for them. Because nobody wants you. Absolutely rejected. You know what God says? Isaiah chapter 61. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good things to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken hearted. Other translations, to bind up the broken hearted. Iron can break and it can be made whole by melting it. Your heart heart can break and it can be made whole only in Jesus. Only in Jesus. How many of you broken hearts? I don't know. Parents rejected you. Children rejected parents. it's even more traumatic. Have you seen if you go to the old age homes, boy, trauma? You know, we go right to our old age home. Abandon? It's not easy. And what does he do? How does he bind up the broken hearted? He pours What? oil and wine. There is no ointment, he says. From the sole of your feet to the crown of your head, there's sores and wounds and putrefying sores. It's like everything oozing out, pusses oozing out, and you've been absolutely left to dead. abandoned. You know what God says? I come to you. And what do I do? I pour in the oil. I love that song. I pour, he poured in the oil and the wine. The kind that restores my soul. He found me bleeding and dying on the cherry Road. He poured in the oil and the wine. What is oil? And what is wine? Wine is alcohol. You know this one? Sanitizer. If you can't find sanitizer in the market, there's a formula. 90 ml of water. I think uh, 50 ml of isopropyl alcohol. 1 teaspoon of glycerin. Mix it well, and uh, and one tablespoon of hydrogen peroxide. Okay, mix it well and you can make, a, am I right doctor, almost? Isopropyl alcohol? Yes, 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 see. And you can make a sanitizer at home. That is only 20 rupees. This is 140 rupees, okay? <laughs> okay, you can make a sanitizer, because sanitizers are, sanitizers are running, I mean markets are running out of sanitizers. But see, what what is wine? Wine is alcohol, it's the one thing, you know, what it does, it... Goes inside your wounds and starts healing it. You know what, what, what happens when you pour iodine, tincture iodine on your wound? You know, my, my children, my God, I don't want to get, for them to get hurt. Not because I can't handle their hurt. They can't handle their hurt. Please don't touch me there. Please, please daddy, please, 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 please don't touch me there. Don't put that, uh, what is that, uh, tincture iodine. Oh, no, 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 don't put, don't put. All of us, I, I also had some hurt and my doctor had to come and put painkiller only. I don't want to mention who the doctor is, but he came, put painkiller. Because no, it's very difficult to handle it. The What does wine do? It goes deep down inside and char. And you know what? We resist that sir. we want to serve, can we get something uh, what we call, uh, what is that uh, no, what, what is it huh? Ah. no, I did maybe you can have instead of I did but you cannot have anything replacing wine in your life wine is the word of God it will sur you, but better go through the sur you know what he does the Spirit of the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings. Why? Iodine is good tiding, Baba. It might burn you. It might, for sure. See, it might burn you somewhere. It might, you might get hurt. How come you can say like that to me? Call your husband. Oh. How dare he ask me like that. No, 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 no. I don't have a honey husband. I know you had five husbands. The person whom you are living with is not your husband. I know it's a painful reality. Immediately she is trying to change the subject because she wants to live in an alternate world. Trauma. But you know what? Law is different from truth. You shall know the truth. But the truth shall set you free. But truth hurts before it heals. And why it hurts. Wine hurts. Look at what God says in Ephesians chapter five: Don't be drunk with wine, which is in dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. What is the what is the equivalent of wine? The Spirit of God. Conviction. That is what we call cutting. It cuts you. So men and men and brethren, the Jesus whom you have crucified, God has made Lord and Savior, and they were cut to their heart and said, Men and brethren, what should we do? Repent and be baptized. Everybody. That is what what we call as wine. When Stephen confronted what happened, they were also cut to their heart and you know what they said? From this fellow, we are going to kill him. They were also cut to their heart. Cutting to their heart is caused by the word of God which is anointed by the spirit. What does it do? It acts like wine. What is it doing? It is disinfecting your wound and cleansing it completely. All that has happened because of our foolishness, right? Psalm 107. Fools! Let's read together, okay? When you read it, who, whom will you put yourself? Ah, Me, okay? So don't say my brother there, my sister here, no. Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities were ah, afflicted. Their soul abhorred all manner of food. Like a certain, I don't like to eat at all. Have you seen, whenever you are traumatized, you don't feel like eating at all, or you eat more, or you eat less. Either of these two, these two things happen. A lot of people, people become gluttons. Because that is how they actually beat trauma. I am not kidding. This is exactly how, this is a study which has, which has happened all around the world. They eat and eat and eat and eat and eat. You know why? Because they are depressed. Depressed has Depression has caused them to eat. Some people, they don't want to eat. They they abode all manner of food and they drew near what? The gates of dead. This fellow was what? Half dead, right? Drew near the gate of the gates of death and then, then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them out of all their distresses. How did he do that? He sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from all their destructions. That is how you read to read this word. Sent forth the word because you were afflicted because of your iniquities and for your transgressions. It has cut you. It has traumatized you and God is sending forth his word it might burn you, it might cause a little bit of uncomfort, discomfort, but you know, ultimately that is the one which is going to wash your wound away and is going to bring healing into your lives. And you know what he did? What he did? He also gave them oil. Oil is one to soothe you. You know what? God doesn't just burn you, he also soothes you. That is what we call as dressing. 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 I know all this because Dr. Richard dressed me. I am telling you what a dressing it was. I, absolute comfort. It's amazing. Dressing. And he, do, he puts what? Spirit. Ointment. The spirit again is ointment there. So what does he do? He puts oil and wine. He heals you and he dresses you. And then what does he do? He put him on his animal. I like that. I love this part. I love this. Now you need to understand, who is this animal Baba? Who is this animal? Who is this animal? You know who this animal is? I'm sure it's a donkey because donkeys are beasts of burden. It says in Revelation, He is the King of Kings and He is the Lord of Lords. Who is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? The people whom you call Samaritan. One day He's gonna be, He's gonna come back and He's gonna reign for He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and those who are with Him are called what? The called, the chosen and the faithful. You know who the animal is? You and me with a burden. Genesis 49. Issachar is a strong donkey lying between two burdens. He saw the rest was good and that the land was pleasant. Which land? That land. And he bore his shoulder to bear a burden and became a band of slaves to the good Samaritan. You know what happens? You know why the Samaritan is able to do all this? Because he can take that guy out of his distress and put on a person who can bear the burden of that person who's wounded. Can you be that person? You know, we all send this prayer request. Lord, I pray for the salvation of my unsaved loved ones. And God is asking you today, my dear brothers and sisters, do you have a burden? Do you have a burden? Can you be an Issachar who has a burden for souls? In your office. Can you, can God trust you with one soul? Can he put that animal, that person on you? Can you be that animal for him? Thank God. You know, God is not able to. You see, good Samaritan he is good Samaritan only because he is an animal. Can, can you imagine if there was no animal, that story would be completely different. The story is totally different without the animal. Can you be that animal? Can you be that donkey? I like this guy. Nehemiah. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hekaliah. And it came to pass in the month of Chislo, in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan the palace, that Hanani, one of my brethren, came and he and certain men of Judah and asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left in the captivity concerning Jerusalem, And they said to me that remnant that are left of the captivity there in province are in great affliction. You know what? They're traumatized. Absolutely. And the wall of Jerusalem is broken down. And the gates thereof have been burnt with fire. And you know what happened? And it came to pass when I heard these words. I sat down and wept. And you know what? He said, Lord, can I be that one man who can bear the burden of building the walls of Jerusalem? Can I be that one man? Who can bear the burden to build the walls of Jerusalem. Can you be that animal for God? You know, it's very easy for, to listen to messages of, of comfort, right? God is, comforts us, he binds us, he cleanses us. But how many of us want to be that animal? <laughs> how many of us want to be that animal? Who can bear that burden? I mean, I, I, I see the entire Exodus from, from Jerusalem to Jericho, sorry, from uh, Babylon to Jerusalem, from Babylon to Jerusalem happens because of three people. One is Daniel, because he starts interceding. Second is what? Nehemiah. Third is Ezra. Three people. And all those people whom the spirit of the Lord could stir up, they all came. They started building. You know why? Because God could find somebody upon whom He could lay a burden. You see, doing a lot of activity in the church is easy. But praying with burden is completely a different ballgame altogether. It's absolutely different. To be an animal with a Good Samaritan, Good Samaritan himself we don't like. But being the animal in the Good Samaritan story, how many, how many of us will like? the animal. He put him on his animal. Then what it is, what does he do? He took him to the... I find it absolutely ironical. When Jesus was born, there was no place for him in the inn. But when he finds somebody, he takes them and makes place in the inn. You know what that inn is? I'll tell you what that N is. It is a place where you can walk in your deliverance. Where you have been taught to walk in your deliverance. Jeremiah chapter 3 verses 14 to 15. Turn, O backsliding children, says the Lord. For I am married unto you. And I will take you, one of a city, Hyderabad. Srikagulam. Okay. Different, different places all around the world. I'm, 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 I'm I'm it's he's very, he's very, very careful, he doesn't say it is Ahmedabad, it's Amdabad. Okay. Amdabad. Two of a family. And I will bring you to, and then you know what I'll do? I will give you pastors according to my own heart. Which shall feed you with knowledge and not just knowledge and also understanding. Two things will happen. You know what he's going to tell you, tell you? This is bad, 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 bad. This is very bad. This is worse. Okay. And then if you this is good, 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 good. This is very good. Excellent. I'll not only do that, I will also teach you how to refuse the bad and accept the good. That is the reason why it says in Titus chapter 2, the grace of God has, which has come, has appeared to all men, teaching us to say no to ungodliness and worldly lust. It teaches us, it's a teaching of the word of God, where you are taught not only to get delivered, also how to walk in your deliverance. A lot of people get delivered, after that, they become worse. You know why? Because they've never been brought into an inn. Thank God, something happened to this fellow, God gave him, I think the good Samaritan gave him another my nice bash, put him nicely on his on his uh, on his donkey and took him to the... No, no, I don't want to come to church. I don't want to come to church. No, you come to the church, you fellow. You see, I'll tell you something. All of us are here. You know why? Because it was an animal which brought us to church. What do you say? Right? My wife is looking at me because I was the animal who brought us to church. You see, everybody. But the problem is, some of the animals who brought me to church, my friend... He has gone, but I remained in the church. No, that's a different story altogether. But the point is this. There was an animal who brought you. And then as again, he brought you to the which place? A place which is called the inn, where you are taught with knowledge and understanding by shepherds after God's own heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. And does God find you in the inn every day? I mean, every, every time there's an opportunity. Look at what it says in Isaiah chapter John chapter 5 verse 14. Everybody, read that together. In pure KGV. Okay? Let's read it. 1, 2, 3. Afterward, Jesus findeth him in the Ah. Where? Temple. And say unto him, Behold, you have been made whole. Ah, sin no more. Otherwise. Adi. Something worse will happen. Did you don't understand? If you do not come under teaching, something worse will happen to you. Teaching is important. So that's exactly what God does to all of us. He brought us on one animal to the church. And what does he do? He continuously feeds us and feeds us with knowledge and with understanding. And he keeps us in the straight and narrow path. And woe to those people who are not being fed. Woe. You know why? Because? Ah, something worse will happen. They don't understand that. The most dangerous set of people on earth are Christians. You know why? Because if you do not walk under teaching, it is one thing to be delivered. The another thing completely different to stay and walk in your deliverance. You know, it's like this, no, the only way you can fight coronavirus is by C vitamin. You know that? That is the reason why C vitamin tablets have from 10 rupees have become 22 rupees now. Not kidding strip of uh, 15 tablets used to cost 10 rupees. Now a strip of 15 tablets cost 22 rupees. You know why? Everybody understood, I have to build up my immune system. The only people who are susceptible to the virus around is people who do not have strong immune system. And what should you have, Baba? You should have what we call as knowledge and understanding down inside of us to fight off the viruses of the enemies outside. Strong people who have strong spiritual resistance. What resistance? Spiritual. Do you have spiritual resistance? That is the reason that Richard Wumbrand and all, they could be traumatized by somebody because they've already dealt with their trauma. You know what God has done? Through 15 years of prison, 14 years of prison, Richard Brown, you should read his testimony called Tortured for Christ. Boy, what a testimony. You know what? There's no church, nothing. They used to sing songs. You know how they used to sing songs? What was their musical instrument? Chains. Chik, 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 chik. This is the day. Chik, 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 chik. Can you imagine? Why? They've been set free. Absolutely set free, and that man comes out of prison fourteen years later. Do you think he's so weak? Oh, you do not know how the Lord has dealt me. Oh, he has. I went one one way, I came so empty. No, 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 no. Strong for the Lord, and he starts a complete different mo- uh, movement called Tortured for Christ. And there's an organization which Voice of the Martyrs, which is called Voice of the Martyrs. What an amazing man of God! If you listen to him and you read some of his revelations, you know what? He wrote a book. 365 sermons that he preached to himself in prison. What? 365 sermons of which he preached to himself in prison, okay? And it's, I think it's uh, uh, messages from prison is, what is the title of the book. I'll tell you the testimony, I mean I'll tell you the testimony, is incredible, okay? Powerful, powerful, I can never forget this testimony. So, this guy is uh, a guy who is um, a thief, he's caught. He's caught while he's stealing in a bank. He's put in prison. In prison, he's put in an isolation ward. What is he put in? An isolation ward. I mean, this is there online, okay? This is one of Richard Brunbrandt's testimonies, okay? He's put in an isolation ward. And when he is in the isolation ward... He is really, really regretting. And suddenly he sees a vision of a man coming and preaching to him a sermon. A vision of a man coming in this isolation what, and preaching to him a sermon. And he listens to that sermon and he gets saved. And after a few years he's he's released from prison because of good behavior. And one day, I mean after he comes out of prison he goes and becomes uh, part of the local uh, church. And over a period of time he becomes a pastor of the church. And one day he's walking on the streets of, I think, Toronto or some place. And he walks past the Christian bookstore and he goes into that bookstore. And he's browsing through all the books. And there's one book in the corner which says, Messages from Prison by Richard Wumran. He says, wow, that's that's a very interesting book. And he just takes that book and he starts flipping through some of the sermons. And there is one sermon the Holy Spirit stops him. And he says, read that sermon. He starts reading that sermon. And that's exactly the sermon that he heard when he was in the isolation ward. You know why? There was another man in another isolation ward being tortured for Christ and he without getting depressed for 365 days he preached to himself and he, and he memorized all those 365 sermons and he came on, came out and wrote a book. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? You know why? Because these are the people we are called pastors after God's own heart who feed us with what? Knowledge and understanding. Okay, take you to the end. Finally, this is for people who want to come to full-time ministry. On the next day when he departed, he took what? Two dinari. How many dinari? Two dinari. Gave to the innkeeper. What is the innkeeper supposed to do? Take care of this fellow. Take care of him and whatever more you spend, When I come again, I will repay. Now tell me, what does it mean? Look at what it says in 1 Peter chapter 5. Verse 1. The elders which are among you I exhort, whom also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock which is among you, Taking oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly. Not for filthy lucre. Be content with how much? Two dinari. Rest you spend. But of a ready mind. And neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. And when the sh- chief shepherd comes back, he is going to repay with what? A crown of glory. You know what? Shepherds. If you're called to be a shepherd, we'll have a special crown, which nobody can take away. Okay? Imagine, okay? Imagine. If you're called to be a shepherd, you'll have incredible number of problems. Promise. Promise. Every day will be one problem, for sure, minimum. Okay? And you'll be, you'll have all kinds of things. But you know what? At the end of it, that is what he says. I'm giving you two dinari. Aim two dinari. Two anything extra you pay when I come back I will repay Baba is God any man's debtor when he comes back how will he repay you see that's going to be a totally different ballgame altogether isn't it so what does he tell this guy finally so which of these three do you think was a neighbor to him who fell among the thieves and he said what Samaritan, right? The one who showed mercy. And what does he say? You go and do likewise. The exhortation to all of us is this. Lord says, when he comes back, I was naked and you clothed me. I was in prison and you visited me. I was hungry. You fed me. And the sheep will ask, Lord, when were you naked? And we clothed you. When were we hungry? You were hungry and you fed, and we fed you? When were you desolate? And when were you in prison when we visited you? You know what God will say? As much as you have done to the least of these my brethren, you have done it unto me. And therefore this today's, today's morning, today's morning message is very simple. Are you that man on the road to Jericho? Yes. I was that man. That is the reason why we sing that song, right? He found me. Ah, huh? I hope you know that song. He found me bleeding and dying on the Jericho road, and he poured in the oil and the man. And then what do we sing? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He's my mind now. How do I please my master? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I've got him on my mind. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I've got him on my mind. And you know, one such person was the Apostle Paul himself. He says, you know what? Perils of the sea, perils of the water, perils among Jews, perils among Gentiles, perils with false brothers. And more than all this, the daily pressure of all the church. But you know what? It stayed on the course. And one day he says, I fought the fight, I kept the faith, I finished the race, and what is waiting for me? A crown of righteousness is there, not only for me, but for all of those who are longing for his appearing. And therefore we say, Lord, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. Can we all stand in the presence of the Lord this morning? Can we can we have the worship team please? we'll worship for a few minutes sing that song he poured in the oil and the wine (laughs) and then we'll sing with joy because now you will say he poured in the oil and the wine he found me bleeding and dying on the Jericho road and my exhortation to you is my dear brothers and sisters don't even venture to go down to Jericho it's not worth it what is Jerusalem? for all of you what is Jerusalem? Jerusalem Teaching of stay. Stay on the teaching. Let's all just sing with all of our heart. You know, because he is worthy of all our praise. He truly found us on the Jericho road. Thank God He did not allow us to go to Jericho. That would, be, that would have been worse. And his mercy. He allowed situations in our lives that we are absolutely helpless. That's what the word of God says in Romans chapter 5. When we were yet sinners, when we were without strength, when we were enemies, when we were ungodly, Christ died for us. This morning, can we sing?
1: The kind that has gone.
0: crown of our head to the sole of our feet, we were absolutely wounded, blinded with absolute pores and putrefying sores,
1: wounds unbound,
0: left for dead. And this morning, if anyone of you thinks, Lord, you do not know the trauma that I went through. You do not know how people split me. And you know what Jesus will say? He will say on the cross, my father, and me and the Holy Spirit were absolutely one we were one we were absolutely indivisible we were together in all eternity from everlasting to everlasting we were together but on the cross my son to make you whole was traumatized because for the first time in all of history in all this universe there was a split in the trinity and Jesus said he he didn't say father, father, my father, my father he said my God, my God why did you forsake me and at that moment all the trauma of all eternity he experienced on the cross and he knows my dear brother he knows my dear sister what trauma is He knows it, because he is a God who is touched by the feelings of our all our infirmities. He has gone through split after split. He was rejected by his own. He was rejected by his family. He was betrayed by his disciple. And. All the disciples whom he loved. Even the last moment who said and boasted. Even if you have to die we will not forsake you. All forsook him. And on the cross he was forsaken by his father himself. And he was split for the first time. And he knows. What it is to be traumatized. Moses could not see his face face of the wrath of God but on the cross the wrath which was due us my savior, my God my Jesus, our master he faced it the wrath of God the ultimate trauma the ultimate split And he said, my father, my God, my God, why did you forsake me? But thank God, God is a just God. And because the sinless Messiah, the Messiah was absolutely sinless and God is absolutely just. He raised him up from on the third day. And therefore we can boldly confess. Living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he took all my trauma away. Rising, he justified, freed me forever. One day, he's coming back, oh glorious day. Oh Jesus, we believe Father. We thank you, we thank you Lord, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. you. We thank you, Father, for facing the ultimate rejection. We thank you, Father, for facing the ultimate trauma. It was not easy, O Lord. You said, Lord, if you be willing, take this cup away from me. But it was absolutely difficult for him. Some of you may say, Vijay, you do not know the kind of stress that I go through. You do not know the kind of blood pressure bouts that I have. But on that day, in the garden of Gethsemane, Jesus was stressed on every side. His blood pressure increased to the maximum. And he started bleeding drops of blood. Because he faced ultimate stress for all of us. And this morning He is a God who sees and because He experienced everything and yet He did not sin He can empathize with us. He has compassion. He doesn't have compassion from afar. He comes close to us and He just does not come close to us. He takes His hands and He pours into our wounds in His love wine and oil. He puts us on his donkey. He takes us to his end. He takes care of us. And this morning, Lord, I pray, Father, for all of my brothers and sisters, including myself, Lord. Father, enable us to see ourselves as those found on that road to Jericho, bleeding and dying, absolutely helpless oh Jesus touch touch that brother touch that sister who's, who says Lord nobody sees but Lord you are able to go and comfort her you are the comforter you are the God who comforts us who gives us all comfort so that we can give comfort to those for, by the comfort that we have received ourselves from you oh Lord and I pray father you would comfort comfort the broken hearted this morning Lord touch 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 Jesus touch Lord touch Lord, oh Jesus, touch. Oh, we worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Spirit of the living God, come and convict. Send forth your conviction this morning, Jesus. Break, break through, Lord. Hardened because of sin, hardened because of trauma. Unable to handle it. Father you touch this morning. You touch. Comfort your people this morning Lord. Comfort, comfort, comfort. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Come. Break through Father. Break through Lord. Break through Jesus. Break through Lord. Break through. Take a few moments my dear brothers and sisters. God is here in our midst. He's not a God who's far. He's a God who's near. Oh Lord, even if it hurts, it's Lord. You said, Lord, faithful are the wounds of a friend than the flattering lips of the adulteress, because you wound us only for a season, because through that wounding. You bring healing. Father heal Lord. I do not know father. You know. You are acquainted with every one of us. What are the hurts that they are going through. Rejection because of children. Rejection because of brothers. Rejection because of whatever stand that they have took, taken father. Touch. Touch because of sin. Fools because of transgression. They are broken and bruised. But Lord you send forth your word. And heal them and deliver them from all their destructions. Father this morning send forth your word. Jesus we worship you. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Lord praise you Lord. We worship you Lord for your God who is near and who is not far. Emmanuel God with us. Even through our afflictions you are afflicted. In all our afflictions you are afflicted oh Lord. Jesus thank you. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord for being our merciful high priest. Even after the order of Melchizedek. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. And I pray, Father, that every one of us will be hidden in that Jerusalem. Will not venture out of that teaching. For you said in your word, but thanks be to God that though you were once slaves to sin, that you have become obedient from your heart to that form of teaching to which you have been delivered to and having been set free from sin. have become slaves of righteousness. Hallelujah. Let that be true. That we will come out of teaching. Teaching. And will stay. Not only father. Be delivered. But we will walk in our deliverance. And not only just be walk, walking in our deliverance. We will become those animals upon which you can place your burden. And we can, become, we can bring more number of people who have been found on the road to Jericho to your in, O oh lord. Oh father. Let that be the mandate and the burden of our heart this morning O oh lord. We thank you Jesus. We thank you father. We praise you, Lord. We worship you. We give you glory, honor, and praise. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with each one of us. Amen.